Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. So this has been a minute. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter boxes, but that's just me for free. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. And right away, someone has to go to the bathroom. Did we forget I to mind our P's and Q's? Did we? Yeah. I mean, the brown juice is flowing, and we're not talking scotch this morning, folks. By the way, this is a morning podcast, Ooh, not an evening. <laughs> you can't tell. We still got the tears in our eyes <laughs> from last night. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough morning for those uh, Wisconsin folks who were rooting for the Packers last night. You know what? For what they overcame, not looking so good. Most of them are rookies, young team. First year for Jordan Love, I'm not pissed about it whatsoever. They did pretty darn good. They did great. Yeah, they held their own. And rookie team, rookie quarterback, all good stuff. Happy they made it that far. Anyway, if you're listening to the show, we're coming at you on Sunday morning. It is the <laughs> 21st. This will this will air. We'll we'll schedule to to go out live, which will piss people off again. I think. <laughs> everybody likes to you know they, they like yeah, to interact and, and make comments and and do their thing but at the end of the day sorry guys we all have work stuff going on you'll have to save your comments on how big a bozers bozos we are until uh you know we can't interact with them do it post yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's the okay it's on our podcast we are definitely okay uh bushy tailed this morning i'm not even hung over i'm just tired um Coffee. I'm not a morning guy, so I am off. I, the last one I did last week with with uh, Zach, I just felt like I couldn't find words in my brain to bring forth. I'm fearful I'm going to have that struggle again. And I also I think you did pretty good. I mean, oh. and Zach Zach definitely picked up the slack for you. He sure did. Go <laughs> <laughs> to another podcast. He's smarter than me. Bring up the rear. But I've I've had a half a cup of a big mug of coffee, and I'm just it just hit me that I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> got a little rumbly bumbly going on right when you hit the start button something else started yeah slingshot engaged start your engines <laughs> a little swamp donkey in the morning to get things going yeah, a, little, a little ass water i think uh, i'm wearing i think i'm wearing the swamp donkey shirt underneath here swamp, i'm drinking the swamp donkey coffee it's it is, it is rich i do enjoy it uh shout out to our grounds coffee for putting it together for us anywho uh shout out to half rack our our uh our presenting sponsor and latitude outdoors we got some new stuff that we're going to be putting through the paces from those guys this year at some point we do have announcements i know i've said that last week or whenever the other week was i will get to those we need to get past this trade show 
business stuff that's happening. I'll be gone all next week in Vegas for SHOT Show. Excited to go do that and talk about it after the fact. Greg, you're traveling for work. Derek's got yep. new stuff going on on Tuesday night. So lots of changes and things we're navigating as a crew here on the show. But uh, we'll still bring the heat. Yes, as they say, life happens. Yeah. Uh, today I want to talk about shed season. I think I actually want to title this episode Shed Dog. Oh, Meals. he's shaking. Look at him. I woke right up. So he's it, like a two-peckered puppy pissing all over the place over there. Two-peckered puppy. That'd be a weird sight to see. <laughs> a two-peckered puppy. That's a Greg quote. Man. No one else is saying that shit. So funny I peed down both legs, Greg. That's right. <laughs> both fire hydrants, both sides of the hydrant. Right. You hit both sides of the hydrant. <laughs> that dog's really marked territory. That's right. Uh, I can you guys help me set the the tone of like I, I actually want to before we get into any sort of tactical how to find sheds all that shit. I'm really curious about when did this become so damn popular? And I, I don't know, man. I mean, I I remember as a kid, my dad would get us out. My brother and I, maybe it was just because we were turning the house inside out at that point. You know, February, March. Let's go for a walk. Let's go see if we can find antlers. We never found them. But because we're in farm country and it's all fields and, you know, fence lines. So the chances of us finding a, a shed were pretty low. But I don't know. If growing up, I I, uh, I would go out yearly with dad in the spring just to get you're pretty, exercise. You're pretty old. So you've been doing this for a long time. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. I think uh, I think with social media and just how like hunting and stuff got like communicated and put out there, I think is where I really saw like the onset of people going out. Cause like yeah. shed hunting has always been a thing, but it was almost like, it was almost like, I don't want to use the word elitist, but like similar to that, where there was people who did it and knew where to find them. And they just stockpiled tons of them, people who knew it, but no one else really knew like, Oh, I can go out there and find these. So like the guys who were finding them were just quiet about it and finding tons of antlers in the heyday. And then I'd say like me and my parents started like early 2000s, like 2001, 2002. Um, we had seen, I don't even know, I think it was Tom Indrabo who owns like uh, Buffalo County Outfitters in the Western part of the state. Um, I had seen some of his like videos, the old VHS tapes, and he's like a shed collector. So he not only finds them, but he like buys sheds and has like an amazing collection. And he had like some of his videos where he like was picking up sheds. So we'd always heard of Buffalo County. So one year for like spring break, my like sophomore year of high school, you know, I didn't even have a car yet. I was like convinced my parents we should go out to Buffalo County. And like I looked up a whole bunch of public land, you know, before Onyx and before Spartan Forge and like got some maps and I was like, let's go look for sheds. Like, let's go see all the deer in Buffalo County. And I remember driving down there, <clears throat> we're driving around. It's like two in the afternoon and we're not seeing any deer anywhere. And my dad's like, I don't want you guys to get your hopes up. Like, yeah, it's Buffalo County, but it's not like there's going to be deer like everywhere. You know, it's still Wisconsin. And like 20 minutes later, it was like a light switch went on and we like had to stop the car and the deer were piling off this ridge and like 50 <laughs> deer ran in front. And then like everywhere you went, there was like, oh, there's 40, there's 20, there's 40. Like there was deer everywhere. And we went and walked this, this public piece. How did you feel in that moment? Like, were you like, I felt like a kid getting to Disney, like going oh. past the gates, like, oh my God. It was, un 
<laughs> it was absolutely unbelievable. And we started seeing deer everywhere. We're like, this is crazy. So the next day we went and walked this public piece and I found my first shed, which I think was the first real shed anyone in my family had ever found, like actually like looking for them. And it was a really nice big five pointer, probably from like a two year old down there, but a nice big shed. And we were all just geeking out. Oh my God. Like it's just laying there. Like we're freaking out we can find them. Like, you know, it was like, a, it was like, holy crap. Like you can actually just go find them. So we, we ended up meeting with Tom Indrabo. We went to his house. He was how nicest did, guy how, ever. How, how did that connection happen? Cause like, I, I emailed him. Okay. Cause I want, yeah. Cause that wasn't explained yet. You're like, Oh, we just met with Tom Indrabo. This yeah, sorry. videos. Like I had, uh, I had grabbed his email off of like his Buffalo County hunting website. And how I was randomly you're like, sophomore, what, sophomore in high school, like 15. And I reached out and emailed him and I told him I was coming down with my parents. We're going to go shed hunt some public. And he's like, oh, you guys should stop in and like, I'll show you some of my sheds. Just super nice guy, you know, didn't know us from a hole in the wall. Took us, you know, showed us his whole house, his shed collection. And then he was like, you guys can go walk some of my property if you want. We already shed hunted most of it, but like, go see if you can find some. So the guy was nice enough to let us go out on one of his properties by his house. And we found, I think like six or seven antlers out there. So he just wanted to see him. He's like, you guys can keep him. I just want to see what bucks you find or whatever. So really, really nice guy. And then uh, we just were like unbelievable amazed that you could just like, we could really go find him. So we left Buffalo County and went straight up to my parents' cabin and went shed hunting later that day at the cabin. And my dad found one of his best sheds ever that like that afternoon. So we're like, holy shit, we're, we can find him. We can find him. Yeah. And then that's what started it for us. And then we were looking every spring and it was like, it wasn't that popular at all until all of a sudden you're seeing people in your area, your state find them. And then people started being like, Oh shit, maybe I should get out and look. I never found any. And I, I, I think I got onto it before social hit real hard too. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is just something fun to do in the spring. And I remember just trudging around, having fun, looking for stuff and thinking I would find, I never found it. I was like, I just suck at this. Like I have to do everything else. I thought, and who knows? I probably walked past several, never realized it. That's the other thing about it. You don't even know what it's. It feels so challenging to find a shed. It feels harder than hunting in some cases. Like deer, at least they move. Sheds don't move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got and part of it too is the property. Like I got permission on one piece that butted up to a, a public marsh south of me here. I, I got it for one season i got it for turkey hunting and then i got it to deer hunting immediately after and that was it but walking around there i found four different antlers one match set and uh my dog actually helped find it i took him out with me oh that's cool yeah that was kind of cool because i was just busy looking at like a bedding area and all of a sudden he was down the trail and all of a sudden i hear his his tail like beating against some grass i'm like oh he's on to something and all of a sudden, he comes trotting back down the trail with a four-point side. And that was pretty cool. And then, all right, where'd you find it? So then I follow him back to where he must have found it. And there was a bed on the edge of this marsh, like right on the tip, right before it dropped into this little piece of high ground, right before it dropped into the wet stuff. And then the trail went into the wet stuff, and there was like some red brush growing. And I found the other side hanging in the red brush. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so it was probably. a hanger. It was a hanger. Oh, hanger. it was a hanger before hangers were cool. Before hangers were even a thing. Yep. yep. I, I only found one shed, guys, and I didn't find it during shed season. I found it 
scouting for rifle season, like the day before the gun opener in Wisconsin. And when I found that thing, I about shit my pants. I was so damn enthused. People are like, because I'm, I'm going with my buddies, my dad, we're just snooping and pooping. And then here's Eric screaming, holy shit, I found one. And they're like, what is he freaking out about? What's going on? I was like, oh, fucking shit. They are real. <laughs> it was just laying there. Like, I love that that's the expression that people come up with. It was like, what else would it be doing? <laughs> like, oh, man. It, there it was, and I grabbed it, and now I have it. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. So finding a match, I don't know what you I found. Was. You found it in its own bed, right? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't feeding. It was just taking a nap. There was. I couldn't. I, yeah. It's like, wow, there, there's bucks around here. That means that they're in this area. Like they existed here at one point. It was like finding a fossil. You know. That's uh. That's what I was just gonna say. Is what better day to find it than the day before you go out hunting that area? You know what I mean? Like, even though it's an older area or whatever, but like, it still just gets you pumped. Like, Oh dude, we're in the, we're in a, we're in a good spot. Yeah. So there's things like, um, shed season is a brand that emerged within the last couple of years. Also. So like hashtag shed season. Uh, and then there's also uh shed rally, which I think, uh, uh, Exodus Trail Cam started that movement where if you, it's basically like a Willy Wonka system. If you buy a trail cam and you get the, is it, no, no, Shed Rally is from the real estate company. Whitetail Properties, I think, started that. Whitetail Properties. <clears throat> and then, and then, okay, Exodus did the, the, uh, Velvet season. Um, yeah. What are they call yeah. it? Velvet they do, uh, Velvet Fest Velvet and they Fest. do Scrape Week also. So there's these things that these brands like claim or state claim to, you know, loosely, uh, I don't know if there's trademark. I'm sure there's trademarks. The company's got money and they, they buy shit like that to protect it and so forth. But then they create these movements so that the, what is the, what is the real, uh, white tail properties? Yep. That did, dude, Shed Rally is a, it's a thing. So when we were huge. in Iowa, we were in Iowa for the, the Iowa Deer Classic last March. And that place is, so that trade show happens right around the same time people are coming there to Shed Hunt. So it was like the split between, depending on the weather, more people are potentially there to sh- look for shed antlers as they were to walk the trade show. And and then they have at that trade show all those antlers on display, right? All these like... Yeah, a lot of the guys that we talked to, either people visiting the show or even like vendors were like, yeah, I'm going to try to get out and look for some sheds at this property down the road. Like it was a it was a big thing. I feel like there was a lot of people hitting the woods looking for antlers just because that... Shed Rally Week, I think, is typically around the That's second nice. week in March. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so then it's like, do you miss? Like, I, I don't. I almost wonder if we should have been looking because there were, we were lots. I don't know. You're you're in it. Um. But this popularization of shed hunting, it's just it really truly is a super fun activity. You bring your kids. I, I brought my dogs out. Well, my one dog, Ed, uh, and he doesn't look for sheds. He just is happy to be running around in the wide open. Like a, he's usually. Just, I find him rolling around in something at some point, but. It's a good excuse to get out and scout and, and look like you. We were out, uh, was it two years ago on a property up by Greg, the three of us? And, uh, you know, we're climbing small trees and shaking bushes, <laughs> falling into falling through the ice and, on, on, uh, you know, little ditches and irrigation. Oh, yeah. ditches. We, Derek did find an okayest shed. I think it's in the studio here somewhere. Like uh, this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was the only shed we found. Yep. It was in the burn spot. Here it is. And that's the only reason we found it. He found it because it was burned down to the dirt there. There's no way you would have ever found that little no. guy in that grass. Never. No way. Not with and right now that spot is four foot tall canary grass. Yeah. So that's, You're not it's, finding it's, anything. It's nothing there. but grass. No. <clears throat> so, I, Derek, you. 
I like the title, this shed dog, because I think you've been referred to as a shed dog several times. Um, the true shed dog. I tried to get on the podcast. Yeah, I guess your mom wanted to be on here. My anyone who knows my family, my mom mm-hmm. is the true shed hound. She is amazing. I don't know what it is. Uh, she's she's really really good think, at finding sheds. I can take a stab at it. She moves slower than the rest, and she's lower to the ground, so her her point of view is much better. She, uh, I think you you hit the first part on the head for sure. I mean, she's definitely shorter and lower to the ground, <laughs> which maybe we'll all claim is what's benefiting us. Uh, we got to watch out so the G2s don't hit the eyes. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> but uh, she's she'll, she'll, she was just too shy to come on today. I don't know what it was, but uh, she would be a hoot to get on. See, if it would have been an evening podcast and we would have fed her a few beers or a mixer, then it would have been game on. Well, I told her at first it was going to be an evening one because I thought if I can just soften her up to it, you know, we'll make it work. But she she was pretty adamant that she just, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Okay. So the evening one's um, pressure there because of the live component typically. People yeah. are like, oh, we're live. Yeah. Oh, this is different. Yeah. But no, that's all right. That's all right. But she, you guys, and just to, to lay a little bit more framework here around this, like you've even gone so far as the last two years in a row at our Foam Fest uh, 3D archery event at Horkin, uh, Horkin Marsh Bowman, um, HMB, Horkin Marsh Bowman. I think they're, they change the name slightly now. Horkin Bowman. I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably getting it wrong, which is a disservice because I am a member there. I actually have to go clean the clubhouse at some point here or tell them I can't. I have a slip in the mail. I've been I've been summoned. Um, I usually just pay more money for my membership because I can't make these things. Nonetheless, you, Derek, and your, and your uh, family have put on like a shed hunt at our event for kids. And it was... <laughs> I actually get pretty worried because I'm like, uh-oh. We can't find all of them. So even, <laughs> even having planted sheds, knowing where they are, to some, it's like the Easter egg hunt. It's like dad goes out, puts the Easter eggs on. You're like, how many did you hide, Frank? You know, it's like, well, 20. Well, where are they? Well, I don't know. You, well, you hid them. Well, now we can't find six of them. You know, well, that one had a 50 in it, you know, or whatever it is. Like, uh-oh. And we actually had some concern last year. Like, I don't want to lose Derek's sheds from this event. Like, the really cool one was the moose paddle. But just, I'm saying that to say, like, we know they're there. Someone put them there, and we still can't find the damn things. That's uh, that's how frustrating shed hunting can be, though. Like in in the real, like we'll get into some stories here, but like that little scenario you just painted, like literally, we had a. I mean, it was a halfway decent sized area, but we're not talking about like acres, right? It's like a half an acre of woods, and like we had a pretty good amount of kids so i think i put 20 antlers out and spread them out all over i didn't want it to be too easy i wanted to like you know struggle a little bit like that's what shed hunting is not just walk out there and then uh man you get to the end and we're like well i got 19 in the bin where in the hell is number 20 and then everybody's kind of looking the adults we're like Uh (laughs) uh-oh did i put 20 out i can't find it but uh, it it gets it gets it gets like that there is a scenario that we can talk about later i'll touch on my mom a little bit more because she ended up finding them but there was a scenario the biggest set of sheds we've ever found up north off a really cool buck that we called big louie um i had a trail camera picture of him at like 8 30 in the morning this is like uh december 31st 8 30 in the morning he had both sides on, walked by my camera inside of a real thick cedar swamp, good thermal cover where they always winter when there's heavy snow up north. And then <clears throat> that night, January 1st, New Year's, he walked by at like 9 p.m. and he was bald. And I'm like, oh. nine in the, almost nine in the morning. He's got to be bedded close. You know, he's not far. He's in the swamp. So we knew the antlers were there. Like we knew it. He's, he went, he came back. 
we looked for six weekends. The three of us, who granted at this point, we're pretty, we've found a lot of sheds. Like we, we, we got a pretty good idea of how to find and what we're doing. We knew they were there and we walked, I think we added it up. It was about 110 miles in that spot. Like obviously not like, but just all of us doing Chris our loops and before, we found, before we found them. And they're huge. I mean, it's, uh, the antlers are like, uh, you know, about almost two 80 inch antlers, just under 80 inches. So they're, they're you're not going to miss them. How but many times us, do you think you guys walked past them? We we actually didn't walk super close to them. I'd say we got really? within 50 yards of them. Okay. Um, there's just, there's a lot of cover in there. Yeah, I was going to say, thick. I've been up there and there's like the understory is pretty thick. It's, it's very some, thick. A lot of those spots. So and, you're not uh, seeing them from 50. You're not even seeing them for 20 yards. I had to convince my dad to go back and find them because after a while you just get like, you know, where else can I look? Like we've walked this so much and he was going to take my mom somewhere else where we didn't have like information, but we found sheds before. And I was like, dad, you got to go back one more time. Go back. Like we know they're there. They have to be there. When are we going to have a chance to find sheds this big up there? Like go back. So they went back and he had an idea. There's like this little wetter area, almost like a little tiny slough that runs out through the cedars. And it's just a little bit thicker. And he, he went on one side and he sent my mom on the other. And then this is what Greg was mentioning before. My mom does go a little bit slower um, and looks harder. She's found almost all of her big ones by doing this. But what she did is she would take a couple steps and then she finds something high to stand on, like a log or a stump. She stands on it and then she does the 360. So she stood up on this little stump. Like a prairie and she dog. Just slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like a lemming. And she slowly did this, did the spin and she spotted a time from doing that. And then the other one was laying like 10 feet away. So then it was absolute pandemonium because she freaked out because she knew she found big Louie and they were absolutely huge. I'll have to send you guys a picture. Maybe you can put a picture in with the podcast there. Perfect. They're really cool. You, you, you convinced them to go. Your dad found the place to go and your mom spotted them. Like that was like the, there's no way that any one of you would have found them without the other in that instance. Yeah, it's pretty cool how that works. We, I mean, we do a lot of hunting together and shed hunting together, and it's, so it I love other, doing it with them. The other piece of advice is bring a friend or two, like bring bring your dog to Greg's point. <clears throat> Even if your dog's not a shed, because there's courses out there that you can buy to teach your dog how to find sheds. and Or you get uh, lucky like I did, and my dog just, I'd right, never taken him shed hunting. I always took him bird hunting and, and fishing with me. And because he's a Labrador retriever, he just had the, the, the love to retrieve and work. So I just took him with and he picked up on it right away. And any, any fresh antler, I mean, has a pretty good smell around the base, around the burr where they, you know, they have the gland right on their forehead. Yep. So yep. that antler, if it's only a couple months, it's been laying there, any dog will smell it. Whether they'll bring it back to you is the question, right? But they'll yeah. definitely smell it. Interesting. I don't know if my dogs would, I don't know. They're pretty stupid. <laughs> Um, and what Greg kind of touched on before was he was talking about the property, you know, and like you can walk a property a thousand times, but if the deer isn't there during that window when they're shedding, you're never going to find a shed. Nope. But th that's kind of the cool part is like, if you get a couple friends, like Eric was just saying, you get a couple buddies and you go walk a random property, whether it's public or private, there's always a chance. Cause like some deer hold till March, some deer drop in December. <clears throat> there's always a chance you so, can find one. So you like, you don't have to be great at it to find yeah. an antler. Well, find a lot is tough. Given, given the popularity of this whole thing now, uh, especially with shed rally and all that stuff and shed season and so forth, like 
my concern is like, oh, have they all been picked over? Like, am I even going to find anything? Uh, because have I missed the window of opportunity? So, like, of course, you always can find some. No, no, clearly, I found one in gun hunting season that, you know, maybe the property's never walked or, or whatever. So, of course, there's always a chance. But, like, what is the optimal, optimal chance? And we're in Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin. Let's speak to what we know. I don't know what goes on in Iowa or what goes on in <clears> other <throat> you know, states. But what, it's got to be, like, what, the middle of March? Because deer ain't dropping antlers now already. But there's so much snow, you're not going to find it. If... uh if you don't have a lot of pressure, like if you're in an ideal situation, mid-March would be the absolute best time. Cause then you can, I mean, you can see everything. So you're not only finding sheds, but like scrapes, you shouldn't have much snow. So you can be able to, you know, you're going to get a little scouting in like yep. a lot of people, a lot of people. And I think maybe that's a benefit my mom has too, is she's not really scouting as much as like my dad and I are like looking for everything. So like, we're looking for sheds, but like, I'm like, Ooh, let's go look at that rub. Let's oh look at this trail where my mom is really honed in. I'm like, antlers <laughs> i gotta find it before the guys do um but that uh that timing piece is really big that you were just talking about um and snow i mean in states that don't get a lot of snow you can kind of shed hunt like where the normal deer sign is you know like what what areas look good but like mm -hmm. in northern wisconsin or this year in southeastern wisconsin you go in where they were in the fall and the snow depth right now is to a point where they probably have pushed to areas where they're not moving far. And it's probably different than where they were in their fall range. So if you went based on what fall sign you saw, like buck sign, you may never find one like from this season, you know, oh. like it, it all depends on when the snow hits, how much snow you got and what food sources are nearby. That's why like scouting for sheds and like having cameras or like driving by fields can be really important depending on like what you have in the area as far as like snow depth and stuff. Cause they'll move and they'll pull up in some little spot and you could find 10 antlers in 10 acres. Cause that's where they wintered. Or you could walk 20 miles of timber that looks great from fall sign. But if the snow was deep and there was no food there, you're not going to find shit. I, I liken it too. It, it really does feel like a, not like you're gambling, but it's the same sensation as if you hit the slot machine or you roll the craps or, or whatever. And, boom you found one like it's like winning the freaking lottery <laughs> I, it's such a high when you find one it's so damn exciting and maybe maybe i'm wrong because like, there are guys to your point that have private property that are that are growing they're doing qdma and they're growing big deer and they're just out you know gonna go doing a collection to some degree i'm sure this is gonna work for it. like we talked about we planted them and we couldn't find them and uh, you know that they're because they dropped on the trail camera and and you know like you still can't find them after you know 110,000 or 110 whatever miles but some people are they're just going out and you're watching these videos on social it's like they have a freaking backpack full of them like they can make a chandelier it's like okay well that's not <laughs> the life i'm talking about i'm talking about something very different public land and it's freaking it, it, it does just make you feel like uh, either i'm missing them or they or they're not there you know um even if i find a dead hen i think that's kind of exciting at least i found something like you find all sorts of fun stuff but it's really it's really what you're like focused on if you're not like in there going like i'm looking for sheds you're not going to find many like you'll stumble across a big one but like you have to physically mentally be like i am looking for this and like i remember being a kid like when i emailed uh Indrabo, tom Indrabo there i was like so interested in learning it there was this website called uh minnesota minnesotabucks.com or something and it was this guy who i'm pretty sure his name is michael lindquist who's really 
big into finding moose sheds now, but he would just post pictures of all these cool trail cam pictures. This is up in like northern, northeastern Minnesota near the Boundary Waters area. And he had pictures of all these big old cedar swamp bucks. And then he would go out and find all these sheds. And like he just had these cool sheds. And I'm looking at these pictures of the sheds laying in these cedar swamps. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff we hunt. I want to find sheds like that. And I would just look at all these pictures, pictures, pictures. And it was almost like brain training, like yeah, visual the, training. Uh, the Rocky like, music in the background as you're like. <laughs> <laughs> next photo, next photo, next photo. Scouring, scouring, scouring. Like doing uh, one of those sprints where you got to pick up the stick and like run and, and pick up the other stick. Like you're dipping down low and grabbing. Just... Shed training. Oh, yeah. pick it up. <laughs> There's our next video. Just. What was that game in gym where you had to sprint to grab the sticks? What's that called? I don't know what that's called. It was a relay. Relay. Thank you. <laughs> it was a relay. It wasn't even a game. Well, I mean. It's Back probably, and field? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to do a relay race. The baton? Because <laughs> yeah. the Lord is the ground. Like, you'd think you'd have it, but you try to run off where you had it in your hand. You're like, shit, I didn't grab the stick. You know? Yeah, shed hunting preparation, looking at photos, doing relay races, and <laughs> playing some Rocky music. Uh, like, I don't know what else you can do for this. You have to look in the right areas. You have to know that the property holds. You talk about, like, you know, where the herd is spending their time based on what's going on with their food sources and snow depth. Like, all this stuff matters. Nothing mm-hmm. is a waste of time. You go out there and do it. You're going to scout. You're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy <clears throat> fresh air after cabin fever. But um, it, it can be frustrating, like hunting can be. If you're not finding, you start to be, you could, frustration can set in. And I would say, Try not to let that happen. Try to stay positive. How frustrated were you guys after walking 110 miles not finding the sheds you knew were there? Like, your dad said he didn't want to go back. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate frustration. Then you start, you know, there's always that, like, doubt piece of, like, oh, did somebody else come in here and pick them up? Like, if you're walking public land, you're always thinking, like, oh, I bet you somebody already walked here. It looks so good. I bet you somebody walked here. But, uh just knowing and like having walked so much, like my dad has found antlers that had boot tracks on them, like under the snow boot track. Holy shit. That guy stepped right on an antler. Like he has picked one up. I have a picture with a boot track on an antler and the guy didn't see it. He found it. I have stepped over antlers. My mom walks behind me a lot in the woods. Like when we're going to places, I've walked over the top of them. She's, oh, you just stepped over this. There's a four-pointer. Like, <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. Like, if you're not looking and focused, like, if I'm looking where I'm going, I'm not scanning the ground every step like I should be. I and found it, one. It happens. I found one over on Doug Duran's place, and I know they walked that a bunch. At You know, during a, an antlerless season, we had, I don't know, six, eight inches of snow on the ground. and Wow squirrel had just happened to like run through that spot and hollow out the snow and i just saw it i'm like that's kind of odd that uh, an antler would even make it through this spot because i know there's a ton of fox squirrels here and uh sure enough it was it was it was like a three-point side or whatever and fished it out and handed it to doug later he's like where did you find that oh back in that really heavily thorny cut over area what were you doing in there well i figured i'd see some deer in there because they aren't moving and yeah, I found tracks and I found all sorts of beds and things, but never saw the deer. But found found a shed poking out of the snow, just in one area where a squirrel had run through. So paying attention to, you know, different shapes and just like you said, training your eyes, training your eyes to see what they look like. Have um, someone go hide a few in the leaves for you, and uh, yeah. or in the snow for that matter, and see if you can pick it out. 
Come to the uh, come to the OKS Foam Fest, and I'll have some hidden for you. There you, you, can, help me, you can help me find them. <laughs> yeah, because you, you'll have a hard time finding them. Instead of getting candy, you get a beer. <laughs> yeah, we we did. Greg, you came out for some muzzleloader drives, but you didn't hit that last property. No, and that last, I wish that last, I would have. Now, yeah, now we know what properties to spend the time on and which ones not to, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And now after doing that, I've got a better idea of where those little pockets hey, are. I did find a dead buck. So that was pretty cool. That was a good find. Yeah. That was a pr pretty decent buck, too. I found a yeah. Buck. Yeah. Finding dead bucks is cool, I think. We I found mean, uh, we found two sheds on our that last drive. I found uh, one out in a spot that looked pretty sheddy. I was thinking to myself, this looks like a decent spot. And there was an old one. And then uh, my buddy Bo, Ghost Bucks, Bo Bilo, he, uh, we're walking out. So we do our last drive. We're walking out right through a spot that I've walked a thousand. I mean, a thousand is an overestimation. I've walked it a bunch. And I have two trail cameras, two of my better trail cameras. And there's about, I don't know, 120 yards in between them. And he finds a shed right in between two of my trail cameras. Just off, a, just off a trail that I've walked a dozen times <laughs> like, Never like oh there's it. one i'm like are you <laughs> just hanging out yeah right, right for the picking well speaking Wait. of squirrels we had that that shirt i don't think we have it anymore maybe we should run it again for shed season but it was like get them before the squirrels do kind of thing and we had the the squirrel chewing on the OKS hunter antler logo with a pile of you know bone under it and to that end the one shed that i did find the one shed i did find it did have a little bit of squirrel that ate out of it or chewed it up a little bit not enough to make it you know, it still has some character it's kind of cool that this world got to it but derek you do antler repair so some people have like weird feelings about antler repair but if you find a shed that isn't you're not like attached to it there's no story there other than you found a shed like that might be a great opportunity to antler repair or we talk about you know rack hub has these products where you can you can hang a shed a single shed or a, or a, a match set and if it's not like attached to a deer's head what cooler way to display something that like has a really strong decor property. It's actually one of the only things that lives upstairs in my house that my wife has uh, christianed to be okay or like deemed to be okay, which is an antler because it looks rustic and cool, but there's no eyeballs. There's no, you know, fur. And so it's tolerable for her to have upstairs. I know a lot of guys will some might say, oh, you're a pansy. You know, you should put the deer upstairs. Screw what your wife says. There's others that are like, yeah, dude. That's why we have guys like, uh, you know, Thomas with basement decorator, because like the basement is ours to put our deer heads, you know, but in other cases, maybe, you know, you find some sheds and Derek can fix it, or you can use these other companies to do really well, or, um, it's cool. Cause there is, there are, you have a whole pile. I think you did a YouTube video for us, Derek, where you told all these stories about the sheds you found. Um, that's, that's how I started doing the antler repair was just through finding sheds and, um, <clears throat> we just knew a bunch of the bucks, like had trail camera pictures of them for a couple of years and like had history. So like we would find an antler of like a deer that was like important to us. Like that meant something to us. Like, man, that's so and we name them and like, you knew him for a couple of years. He's big, these big bucks and you find the antler and sometimes they're laying in the wrong spot, usually up by hardwoods where squirrels frequent. If they're in any kind of Oak flat, you're screwed. And that, you know, they'd be all chewed to shit. And I was like, if only he was back to what he looked like in this trail camera picture from November. Well, I was like, I can figure out how to fix that. So I did some reading and started just pictures. by fixing up, you know, just trying to match what it was in trail cam pictures. And then started like a couple buddies. Hey, can you fix this one up? Can you fix that one up? And yeah. And then now, well, there's my to-do list pile right there from, I got a few more in the back room, but now I'm doing a bunch for people. So started with sheds though. 
So how, how bad can it be before it's irreparable for you? Like, because you have to have some baseline to work with, right? Like, could you turn this little two pointer into a six pointer? <laughs> I think you, that that mossy chalky one that I found in Illinois that yeah that should have probably crazy. yeah that one was way too far gone. If uh, I mean it, most of it has to just do with like the density when they get really porous, like uh, chalky is what the term of the guys out west use because it's just drier climate, so the the antlers just get really chalky. Like you, if you antler lays out for four years and you rub the surface, it'll literally like chalk off just because it's so arid. Um, our antlers don't tend to do that too much here. They can turn kind of reddish pinkish when they get really old, but usually they don't last that long. The porkies or the mice will have them pretty chewed up. If the antler is real porous and light, and it's really hard to make that back into something. So I did a, I did a repair for a young man, Augie, who found a deadhead, like 170 some inch deadhead on his property oh, wow. that I had laid for probably three or four years and every inch had some kind of chew um barely anything was like gone like none of the time like they were just chewed hollow or like halfway so there was like a framework this weird nasty skeleton look and that was a lot of work to get that back to looking normal when you had that where you're like oh man this is gonna really test yeah ability. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it was time more than anything it was just like when am i gonna like every inch needs to be sculpted and epoxied and then colored Doc, can you can you fix them up for me, Doc? Can you? <laughs> we need him back. Come Bring back. Surgeon gloves. You're like, uh, he'll, he he's gonna make it. <laughs> he needs he needs some rest, but he's gonna make it. Uh, can you add a drop time? <laughs> <laughs> Artificial intelligence. Yeah, we'll put the drop time in there. It would. We were gonna we're uh, gonna forecast this year's uh, you know trajectory, and then two more years he would have had a drop time. So we'll add it as to his future state rather than his previous. Then that'll be a new thing, right? Yeah. Make this buck look like he evolved a couple more years. Yeah, yeah, man. So that's that's a fun little hobby, a little side, little side job here. Uh, I got a moose antler to repair for my good buddy that I go up moose hunting with. Uh, one of the ones he found last year, really nice big old bull that he found, and just the tops have been chewed off by some squirrels. So I gotta just fix the tips for him, but yeah. Cool. How much epoxy would it would it take to make an enlarged version of our logo? Like same exact look, but just mega. Would that like be a, like jars? A, like, an eighty inch forky. An eighty inch forky. <laughs> like what did this thing fall off of? How cool <laughs> would that be? It looked like an elephant tusk from afar. Wait a minute. It would not look like a deer, but it'd be cool. But we could put that right on top, right on top of our uh, our booth. booth. Yeah, that would be cool. Put that yeah. bad boy right up there. Might want to uh, find a way to make it, but it'd be yeah. Up. The only bad part about that is the epoxy that I use is really dense, so like it feels a lot like fresh bone. So it'd yeah. be heavy as it'd be heavy as well, hell. Like, <laughs> you know, like, the chair, like the chair. I don't know if you guys can see like the chair thing here. Yeah. What is that? What is that? That's like about two feet. It was a two foot long spike, you know, <laughs> sits along the side of the table here. Be kind of neat. I was doing, I was doing some antler repair, uh, for Randy Tomlinson, one of the taxidermists just south of us here. He gets, he does a lot of work, does some really nice job. And 
he was kind of commissioning me out to uh, do his repair work because it is really time consuming. A lot of tax, there's taxidermists who do it and there's taxidermists who do it really well. Uh, Doug Raywinkle here in Wisconsin does an awesome job. Um, but there's a lot of guys who just like, it's really artsy fartsy and like you really, to color match stuff, to do it well takes a lot of time. So a lot of guys don't even want to mess with it. Like, right. So he was commissioning me to do repair work and he had an elk that broke off half of its rack just above the brow tines. And the guy just wanted it to match the other side. So I think I did 45 inches of beam with, wow. you know, big threaded rod of metal down the middle. And then it's a lot. Yeah. You got to have a structure, right? I mean, you could talk about that too. Like when you're building something that large, you got to have some sort of structure for that material to bond to. Yeah. I'll grab one. Here we go. Let's take a go. look. Got the shed dog on it. So this one I'm fixing up, um, fixing up a match set actually for a guy that I, that I know, and he started it and he just, it was harder than he thought. So some of this is what he started. Um, he had started trying to rebuild and I'm working on it for him to get it back, but he's got both sides of this, but you can see here when you're rebuilding any kind of tine more than a couple inches, that epoxy, if you hit the tip of it, you know, it's going to want to break at some point, especially right. if it dries out. Like we keep all of ours in the living room at the cabin. There's a fireplace in there. That epoxy gets real brittle over time if you don't have any kind of structure. So you're drilling down into the antler and then I'm using like JB Weld or some kind of, you know, epoxy to stick it in there. And then I've got two on here just because these are long. So these are twisted together and then I'll build that epoxy. This is all epoxy over the top of that while it's still wet. I'll kind of mold it into the shape, you know, if you want it a little bladed, a little bit, whatever. Um, and then once it's dry, I go in with a Dremel and I'll kind of, the veining, I'll continue any veining that's on there. Brow tines, all the bead work, got to Dremel that all in. It's real time that's, consuming. That's very time consuming because if it's a heavily beaded antler, that's a lot of cutting and scraping and sculpting. And you still, yeah. You have kids and you have a job and you have this that you do with us. Like, man, Derek, I don't know how you do it all. What's come on? You're way busier than I am, bud. <laughs> I we we yeah. I don't know if I had that, if I was gonna be artsing around like that, putting in lots of time. I feel like I'd need. I don't know how I'd get into that to that mode these days because there's what well, to do. Any kind of creative process, and Eric, you used to do some painting and stuff. Yeah. Like it's you know, it's it's great to have like a block of time, uninterrupted time, where you can like get into your creative flow state, where you're like actually like get in tune with what you're doing, doing these kind of things. And like, Oh, I got 30 minutes. That's tough. There's not a lot I can do in 30 minutes. That's going to lead to like productive quality stuff. So like finding chunks of time, if I can find an hour, it's like you need a chunk of time, which as you guys know, it's rare. <laughs> it is no, that's only right. getting rarer. Only getting rarer is right. Tricky. Mm -hmm. Well, no, this is a fun episode. It's a fun topic. Hopefully, I mean, it's right around the corner. So I figured let's get ahead of it a little bit. I mean, it's going to be February before we know it. And uh, hopefully this episode helps some people out with their shed hunting. And, and we have, I think we're going to be working up some sort of contest here soon. More details to come. All I know is it's the seed's been planted and it's, uh, it's been received. So the tree will grow. And as it takes shape, we will talk about what the parameters will look like. What that I think it'll be a shit ton of fun i think it's going to be a really exciting thing we talk about these brands owning these different categories of spaces so i think uh, we'll find some fun way to make it our own and partner up with some other folks in the space and make it a whole big old thing and let me tell you our challenge uh albeit okayness given the space of shed hunting 
this will be it's harder to find the little sheds than it is the big ones way harder this is our time yeah. to shock folks as okay as hunters like you, you know you find you talk about oh you're not gonna miss the the you know 80 inch shed you know you're gonna miss the freaking three inch one for sure good luck finding that <clears throat> you know we're the real heroes of this space <laughs> the uh the best shed hunters are the ones that have a basket of spikes sitting yep. in their living room like when you go out so you see somebody's <laughs> sheds they got all big ones like, yeah that don't impress me much. Somebody's got seven or eight spikes laying in their shed collection. You're like, damn, this guy is good. This lady can find some sheds. That's that's. I'll leave it at that. And so paint the picture, the idea that you can expect here. So we're not telling you to go find the biggest sheds. We're going to tell you to find the smallest sheds. And who knows what the prize would be. We got lots of work. We got lots to work with. So should be fun. But any event, we'll let you guys get back to your mornings. It's Sunday morning. I fly out to Vegas tomorrow. Greg, you're going to Chicago for work. Derek, yep. you got lots of shit going on, clearly. The, all, the, all those antler repairs on the table there. You got plenty of work to do. So we'll let everyone get back to it here. See you. Adios. Right. And.